first just being back at E-Town itself, um, it feels like home, honestly. Um, I never really had the best home life growing up. So when I did come to E-Town, it was like I met my family there. Um, I really felt like it was the first place that I was not only accepted, but that I belonged there. There's like a personal sense of belonging at E-Town that is really great to just be back on campus. Hosted by the Digital Humanities Hub and the School of Arts and Humanities at Elizabethtown College, this is Blue Jay Journeys. Exploring careers, scholarship, and the arts and humanities at Elizabethtown College. Pursue your life's calling, life's work, and most fulfilling future at etown.edu. Dante Weichel graduated in 2016 from Elizabethtown College. Before he even graduated from his master's program at the Maryland Institute College of Art, Dante was back at E-Town as an adjunct professor teaching typography and web design. He's also a practicing artist and designer and currently has work displayed at the Demuth Museum in Lancaster. So right now I'm a practicing artist designer and I'm an adjunct professor at Elizabethtown College. I teach graphic design, primarily typography, web design, stuff like that. And I got there, um, I actually graduated from E-Town in 2016. I'm wearing a TGIS shirt actually as we do this. Um, from 2013. But yeah, I graduated from E-Town in 2016 and then went to the Maryland Institute College of Art um, starting in 2016 and then graduated from there in 2019 and actually started teaching before I graduated from there. Um, it was my last semester of thesis. I actually started teaching at E-Town. I just taught one class. It was a web design course. What's a typical day look like for you then? For the folks that are going to be listening to this, they're not going to be able to see, but behind me, there's a 3D printer and a whole bunch of like resins and stuff like that. So that's been my primary focus now um, has been 3D printing. I did actually just create um, a couple of ceramic pieces, which were the first time since taking uh, classes with uh, Professor Friedley at E-Town uh, for ceramics and stuff like that. So I have, um, I think I have a piece up right now at the DeMuth Museum in Lancaster, just trying to keep up with as much as I can, you know, trying to do as much stuff with my hands as possible, but also trying to keep things digital as well. You're a professor here at E-Town, so what are the classes that you teach? So I teach primarily in the main semesters. Uh, I have a topography section and then I have, um, it's called Designing for the Web and Social Media, uh, which is essentially just the web design class. And now I'm actually, uh, we have a introductor, uh, introduction to graphic design class running for the summer, uh, which I think is the first section that that's been taught for. Um, and that's going well, it's really fun. Um, it's really interesting to go completely asynchronous, which is a first for me. Um, you know, when COVID hit, I, you know, everybody had to scramble in a sense. So in a way I was used to it, but the completely asynchronous side of things, um, it, there was definitely a learning curve to it, definitely an adjustment period. But yeah, I would say my main focuses are on the uh, typography and the web design. Those have been the most consistent classes that I've had now since I started here back in 2019. So what is your favorite part about teaching? There's a lot, honestly. So the main thing that I guess, like the thing that comes out right off the top of my head is first just being back at E-Town itself. Um, it feels like home, honestly. Um, I never really had the best home life growing up. So when I did come to E-Town, it was like I met my family there. Um, I really felt like it was the first place that I was not only accepted, but that I belonged there. So I guess for me, there's like a personal sense of um, belonging at E-Town that is really great to just be back on campus, like being able to park so close to the Dell and stuff like that. And just whether it's a chocolate day or, you know, a cow day or whatever, that to me, I don't know. I find that to still be super special, even after all this time. I don't know. It's interesting because being on the other side of the classroom so recently, especially at E-Town, and then um, now being on the opposite side of it, it it's an interesting um, 
dichotomy, I guess, in a way. And I guess the thing, um, I was actually talking to Kevin Shorner Johnson about this. He was asking my um, favorite part or the part that gets me to think the most about it is, it's almost like theater in a way. It's like you're getting up and performing almost. And that maybe makes me sound crazy. But <laughs> I'm not so much one for lectures. I don't really like giving lectures or anything like that. So when I do have to go up and give a lecture, it's almost like I feel like I'm on stage in front of people with all these lights on me. And it's like this weird effect that I get almost. But it does feel a lot like a performance in a way and like a responsibility, you know, to give everything, like give the students an honest view as possible. I feel like that's a challenge that I don't know, the, the goalpost on it is always sort of moving in a way, depending on the material or there's always something new we need to add to the curriculum or something like that. Uh, I'm not a social person whatsoever, like getting up in front of people and talking is really difficult for me. Obviously, like just being in the room with students, um, like seeing the light bulbs go off and just being able to critique work. Critique is super valuable to me. It's like the main, it's like the cornerstone of what we did at MICO is everything revolved around um, just lots and lots of critical thought and critique and stuff like that. So I really do enjoy bringing that value to E-Town, those values, I should say, to E-Town, uh, to the classroom. Did you always know you wanted to teach? Um, I remember having discussions with Professor Friedley about it. Um, and there was actually a professor, an English professor named uh, Tyler Grimm. Uh, and I remember having conversations with him as well about how from my sophomore year at E-Town on, I knew I wanted to teach to some capacity, but never really felt like I was going to be good enough for secondary education or for, you know, public school education or something like that. I don't have the patience for children for the most part or anything like that. So, yeah, I don't really think I have the mind or the patience or the skill set for that. But when it comes to the college level stuff, there's more freedom, I guess. And I guess that's something that I really like to latch on to. I don't know, it was liberating in a way. And that thought of, you know, being able to manage that classroom in a way as just that sole focus, but then also having the pedagogy that allows students to, you know, kind of help forge what that classroom looks and feels like and sounds like in a way. Um, that's also super important. So yeah, I, I guess from Probably my sophomore year at E-Town, I knew I wanted to teach to some capacity. By the time it was all said and done, it was like I was teaching at E-Town before I was 24, I think. So um, yeah, it really is a dream come true, quite honestly. Was that your end goal to come back to E-Town then? Yeah, for sure. Um, even if it was just to stay adjunct or anything like that, just being at E-Town, like I said, there's like a sense of home uh, that I get when I'm on campus that I don't get anywhere else and it's been like that since before um like my student contributions to the college or anything like that like from the day I moved in and I said goodbye to my dad and it was just okay now you have this week you know to just hang out do whatever and acclimate yourself to this new way of living um it really is like home to me and it felt like home ever since that moment I mean I toured the college several times because my dad and I just wanted to get several carrot cakes because they were so good and it was probably by like Honestly, it was after I did the J for a day. I don't know if they still do that, but I got to hang out and like stay overnight um, with a friend of mine from high school, but we got to stay and I got lucky enough to stay with um, the president of the class above me, I think it was. I forget his name. I'm, I'm really blanking on names. I apologize, but um, it was a wonderful experience. We just hung out, watched Storage Wars. We went to the BSC. I was super nervous. Um, it was a whole thing, but I would say from there and then the day I moved in, it really just felt more and more and more like home, especially as the family, um, like my family sort of uh, started to grow there, that family of friends really grew. It really just pushed that further and further and further. So that's really like my main attachment to the college is it really like I get this sense of belonging that I don't get quite literally anywhere else, honestly. What are some projects outside of teaching that you're currently working on? I know you said you're 3D printing currently. Yeah, so I have some 3D prints here. Um, 
I've been talking to like some local antique stores, um, like flea markets, um, consignment barn and antiques. It's called Silver Moon. Um, I've been in contact with a couple of places like that. And I just have some like little simple 3D prints, like chests and stuff like that. Stuff from video games that I've been testing. I'm mainly in the testing phase now, just trying to um, work with resin printing. Um, I've done some PLA stuff before at MICA and a lot of 3D modeling, but this is the first time I've really gotten to have some real hands-on experience with resin printing. So that's been an experience. So I would say um, little craft stuff like that, um, trying to get some sculptural work done in it too, experimenting with different 3D modeling softwares, trying to figure out what's better for this kind of printing and stuff like that. Um, so I'd say trying to keep up, like trying to mix like the art and the digital like design aspect of things as much as possible. I feel like that's always been um, a cornerstone of how I've operated is taking something analog and then trying to, you know, put it into a digital space or vice versa, something like that. But yeah, you know, just I have that piece up in the Demuth. That was like the first time I actually had a piece um, in a museum. And it was the first actual piece I made with my hands. It was a, a clay piece, a wall hanging clay piece. Um, that was the first piece I've made since going to MICA simply because there was, for me at least, there was no time in a day to get everything done, go to work, and then sleep, be healthy. Um, it was really hard to sort of make things by hand. I, I made some like, I made my own table for my apartment and stuff like that, but nothing really that you could call art, you know, I guess. Yeah, I've just been slowly kind of getting back into that. There was a great deal of burnout I felt after graduating from E-Town as well, just like from a personal artistic view. It almost felt like the muse that I had that was able to just create and create and create kind of, it had to go away for a little bit and kind of, you know, preserve itself, heal itself and I've just now been kind of getting into the mode where I've been getting back into that. But students of mine will already know, and I'm sure some administration already knows that um, my father had a really bad heart attack uh, last year and he just had a triple bypass surgery done. Um, so that's been taking up a lot of my time as well. It's taking care of him, making sure that he's going to be okay. Like he's on the upswing of everything. It's really now feels like the right time to be getting back into um, not only just digital work, but um, the analog stuff as well. I really have missed it. It's good to be working with my hands again, honestly. How are you able to balance your work and personal life? I don't sleep is the <laughs> simple answer. Um, I've always had trouble sleeping, but I, I mean, I, I don't mean to sound like unhealthy or anything, but that's really it is um, uh, just a chronic insomniac. Um, like just for instance, last night I was laying in bed and I like just, it was 3 a.m. And I figured, you know, I'm just gonna get up and print something. So I just printed a chest and then uh, like got it off the plate and everything like that. And then, you know, when sleep comes, it comes. But yeah, I would say that's really the easiest answer in terms of balance is if I'm not sleeping, I'm trying to do something that's promoting some other form of healthiness that I'm missing out on, I guess. So how do you find meaning within your work? That's a good question. So a lot of the work I would say that I do has a lot to do with uh, my past, you know, my personal life growing up, um, just experiences that I've had. Uh, I feel like as an artist and even as a designer in a way, we have this unique sort of way that uh, over time we develop a sense of visual language that becomes consistent to ourselves. There's a lot of mood that comes through my work and um, a lot of mood that kind of challenges viewers in a way. And I've always sort of latched onto the idea of what can you challenge a viewer in and like how can you contrast elements. I feel like contrast is really our biggest tool as designers especially, but also as artists. And the piece that comes to my mind, um, and it's, it's funny because my mom for the first time when she saw it at my senior show, I did this print um, in my advanced printmaking class with Friedley in my senior year. And it's these really bright colors. It's like a rainbow of colors. It's a self-portrait of me, but I'm holding like a finger gun to my head. And the caption of it was just senior year. It invoked a lot of great responses. That's like the goal is to get that, you know, it's bright and cheery and colorful in one way, but when you look at the actual image itself, it says something totally different. 
But on top of that, I've been doing, uh, I experimented a little bit with some uh, poetry, some writing and photography and stuff like that. And just how you can capture a scene and just um, take it into Photoshop or even just nowadays you can do it like right on your phone, it's craziness. Um, but just going in and changing the values and like if you add just slight, you know, like in the highlights, if you were to add an orange tint to an otherwise you know, pretty blue scene. Like, what does that contrast say about the piece? Like, what does adding warmness say to something that's cool? There's a lot of freedom that you have in abstract work too. You know, the artist is always going to have their meaning, but when it comes to something really abstract, somebody looks at it and they get something completely different. And in that term, you know, it's more like a, uh, you know, you're really working with gestalt principles at that point. Like, how are shapes and proximity to each other? Is that providing a level of anxiety or relaxedness? color theory and all that sort of stuff. So it's one part, you know, keeping all of that stuff in mind, but then also how do I bring my personal experience into that? People really said that I'm not afraid to use black in my work, which, you know, a lot of a lot of notes that I got at Micah as well, um, were, you know, use black sparingly because it, it really is a focal point. It's going to be the heaviest point, um, but it can be really dramatic. And I feel like people that know me know that I'm a pretty dramatic person. I wear my heart on my sleeves and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm always trying to bring that in, in an intellectual way on top of all the theory, design theory, artistic theories and stuff like that. And using all of that stuff to really push it, um, the, the deeper meaning for myself further. The thing about art too, that I really love, I've always liked the sort of thought that there's my meaning and then being, and especially being in the gallery and being able to have somebody there that's asking you these questions. And then you get to hear their meaning of what they interpret from what you have. And that to me is just, it makes it worth it in its own way. Being able to get an idea of somebody's life experiences or just any experience that they have just by what they feel through this thing that they're seeing that you've created. It's a really special process. Um, always something that I'm trying to keep in mind and always put into the next piece then is, you know, how do I make this not only my version more clear, like what I'm trying to say, how do I get that to be more clear, but the general theme, like how am I going to get somebody to either, you know, if you want somebody to feel sad, like how do you get somebody to do that? And, um, you know, being able to talk to people in the gallery, is, it's such an invaluable part of that and it's part of the the art making process that I really like. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges you faced after graduating? Uh, there was a lot of personal stuff honestly. Um, so like I said I didn't really have the best relationship uh, with my parents growing up so that's been difficult it still is difficult but it's one of those things where it's love at a distance I guess um, and it really is unfortunate you know it's not something that I ever wanted to be that way. Um, but that's something that I really struggled with a lot um, on top of the, the burnout, like the creative burnout from just having to devote, you know, eight hours at least a day to what you're doing. Um, if you're not, you know, I was working as a bartender in Baltimore as well when I was at grad school and I was at MICA. It was one of those things where balancing that was really tough. Going through all this personal strife um, with my mom, my stepdad, my brothers, um, that whole side of my family, essentially. And then um, my dad being able to move in with him was great. But then he had all these health issues. You know, he had the heart attack. He ended up having to have that bypass procedure done and all of that. So I would say, honestly, it's just been a lot of personal, like inner struggles, just like trying to manage depression for the most part, like depression, anxiety. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I actually ended up in the hospital uh, on New Year's last year, uh, just because there was so much that just came to a point um, in my personal life that it just kind of, you know, everything gives at some point. So, and I was really neglecting uh, my own personal health for a while. So it was one of those eye-opening experiences that I had to have of, I really need to get my health back on track before I can kind of get anything else back on track. My my thought process on it is everything in my personal life, in a sense, kind of, get, it gets left at the door, you know, at Steinman 210. 
that computer lab, it's like I get in in the morning and everything kind of falls off. And that in a way is uh, really therapeutic. And I let my students, you know, I'm always personal with them on that level of telling them, you know, that kind of stuff's real. And, you know, it's real for everybody on your end. It's real on my end. So um, it's one of those things that um, I'm always willing to work through with somebody. But it's one of those things where um, I really had to figure out, you know, what that looks like for me as an adult now and how to take care of that stuff on my own, like it's a lot bigger of a challenge. And I think people really like to make it out to be, I think, or maybe it's just a big challenge for me. But yeah, I would say that that's really been the biggest issue. And like I said, that got, it's been getting in the way of so many other things. But now that all of that sort of stuff is on an upswing, it's really nice to be back and creating again, it really has been helpful, like a helpful experience. Can you tell me a little bit about your time at E-Town? Well, I guess I'll start with my nickname. I feel like that's a good place to start. So uh, Dante James Weichel is my born name. Uh, if you want my social security number, you can email me for it. I'll happily get it over. So my nickname is Daunt. And so it all came about from an uh, E-Town alumni and a good, good, good friend of mine, Steve. Uh, Stephen James Paul, SJP, as we so affectionately refer to him as. But he lived down the hall from us. And when I was a freshman, he was a sophomore. And um, we had um, an 8 a.m. together in Nycarry. And I had a Spanish class, I forget. He had like some political science course, I think. Again, don't quote me on that. I'm probably gonna get so many of these little details wrong. But so it was like our friend group was all getting together for our 8 a.m.s. We were all meeting in the second floor of Meyer, and it was cute. And we were all gonna walk to class together. And then Steve rounds the corner. We had never heard this before, like come out of his mouth. Like I'd never, you know, I've always wanted to be called DJ because my middle initial is J, but because of a kid in the same town I grew up in, he was DJ, so I couldn't be DJ. So that, yeah, so Steve turns the corner and we're all just kind of in our group. And he just, from down the hall, just bellows, Dawn! and then runs at me on all fours, like using his like fists, like to get traction, like he's a horse or something, like galloping down the hall. And then he lifts me up over his shoulder and then just carried me to night carry. And then from there, it's just, it's been Don. And I hated it for like a good year. I just, I couldn't stand it. Everybody started calling me at one after another. And it just became this thing of, yeah, this is just who I am now. And I've grown to love it. But my thing is, is, you know, call me Daunt. And I say that to every student, you know, at the beginning of the semester. And even in the summer course, it's like, I have students addressing me as Dr. Weichel. Like, I do not hold a doctorate. So please, if you're listening to this, don't call me Dr. Weichel. It's super weird. And I don't hold a doctorate. Um, and even then, Professor Weichel, it's, it's weird for me, even still. Um, I just prefer to be called Daunt. After that, uh, in terms of the college experience, I would say it was pretty pretty average. Uh, it was a great time though. Um, I feel like the only thing that wasn't average um, in my case was like I said, the fact that um, I really did meet my family there. Like I felt like I had brothers from other mothers as they so say, you know, when I, I came there and went there and, you know, studied there and everything. And all of those relationships, all those relationships got to grow and, you know, um, they're still blossoming today, which is great. The E-Town motto is educate for service. How do you see yourself following this motto within your life and in your work? For service, I guess, in my practical work, um, I guess it's multifaceted because as a professor, the service is to really teach by experience, I guess is the best way to, you know, like teach by example. The service part really comes into play where um, in terms of pedagogy at a college level, I feel it's really about the almost like the marriage of all these different perspectives and backgrounds and um, how that influences design decisions between everybody. And I feel like curating that, honing that in every individual student and then celebrating that is all part of that service. But then also 
um, as part of the professors to take that experience um, in an empathetic sense and, you know, to bring that into the classroom too, to bring those perspectives that, you know, you normally wouldn't have. I don't know, that's always a challenge in a way that I think um, is always a way to provide the service to the students, you know, is to not only provide my perspective, but to, you know, sort of tap into all these other perspectives um, that a student uh, or, you know, anybody for that matter might not think about when they're working on something. Um, just trying to experiment as much as you can in your free time, whether it's, you know, every time they update the Adobe products going in and relearning the interface because they have to change what tool does what for some reason. Refreshing yourself on that, keeping up with all the new sort of like plugins, things like that. You know, and then curating uh, sources is always, I think, an example of that service for students in terms of pedagogy in the classroom and stuff like that. But then in my actual work, the service part I think is easy in that regard, because when it comes to commission work, it really is just as simple as somebody asks you for something, you know, like if it's a wedding invitation, you know, here are the colors, here's the sort of general type that we want, um, you know, work, work your magic and then we'll go from there. So in terms of that, I feel like I've gotten really lucky with the commissions I've had. And then in the art world, I feel like it's, you have even more freedom you know, it's just really about making at that point. Really, the services to yourself and to um, the artistic world is to just generate as as much as you can, realistically. There was a, a quote from Jeff Guy, um, a, a drawing professor at E-Town um, we had in our senior seminar uh, back in 2016. It's been something that I lived by every day um, that I've been able to. And it's um, if you get up in the morning and you don't do like if you don't challenge yourself to at least try something new or draw something new or at least do something in your field to help you, even if it's just put a grain of sand like on that experience that you have, um, then, you know, what are what are you doing this for? You know, really question yourself that. And that's been something really insightful that anytime I feel any sort of self-doubt or anything like that, or if I feel like I'm not meeting the service or if I'm not meeting the needs of the client or anything like that, I always ask myself, like, I'm doing something, you know, I haven't maybe have done before, but I'm doing it in a new way. And not only is that a service to myself, it's a service to the client and it's a service almost, I don't want to say to the world, but to the artistic and graphic design world, you know, to just get that stuff out there, even if it's not going to show up on a website. Yeah, just making, I feel like is the best way you can not only service yourself, but art in general. Like I said, it's weird though, because now it's like I'm providing a service that is education, but I'm also providing that service that I was educated on. It's a weird thing, but honestly, um, like I said, it really is a dream come true. And um, yeah, I can't imagine honestly living any other way. Blue Jay Journeys is produced by the Digital Humanities Hub at Elizabethtown College. Our Elizabethtown College community of alumni, students, faculty, and staff believe in using our talents, empathy, intellect, and energy to confidently serve the world. Visit etown.edu to learn more.